Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Happy Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. And I hope you got some projects done around the house or whatever you had to do, because that seems to be one of the best times to get those old projects done. So I'm going to start off by uh, getting Patrick Albany's on the line. I know he is one of the ways I get my Monday started, because it's always nice after a long weekend to get things off on a little bit of a lighter Note and Patrick uh, is from the great state of Iowa in the prestigious town of West Des Moines. He's with me right now. Patrick, welcome. Hey, thanks. I, I got stuff done this weekend. I did. I did. It, why uh, is that? Well, no NFL games on, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, there was. I guess they had the Pro Bowl, which is flag football without the flags. Right. <laughs> you know, everybody scores, but nobody tackles. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not getting hurt for this. <laughs> So, so I, I, I tend to, I don't usually watch that game, and suddenly I have all this time, and I start tackling all these projects around the house, and it just made me think how much I miss football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that productivity thing gets old after a while, doesn't it? It, it sure does, because yeah. the list, as you know, the list never goes away. It just mm-hmm. keeps growing and growing, and then, uh, you know, it's. but I mean, I was working on the, you know, minutiae yesterday, like, I really have to work on the humidity in my house. So, you know, I, I was playing with the humidity in yeah. my house, and, yeah. and I fixed it. Yeah, yeah, so productive. Well, I didn't s- even know. Did, did they play the was the game? There was a game, right? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't I didn't even turn on TV regarding sports yesterday. Was the Pro, Pro Bowl game yesterday, you think? Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think yeah. it was. Uh, and then there were Olympics on, of course. I, uh, but I didn't I watch those I, either. No, I mean, was it it uh, was who's the speed skater? Apollo Creed? Something I don't like know. That. Is he? Yeah. Is he? No way. That's Rocky. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eric Hayden. You got to pay attention. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. He's he's the lace up skates. Yeah. Exactly. Kind. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we, With the rusty blade. You yeah. sent me something over the weekend that caught my attention. Pat Sajak makes me smile from time to time, and he put something up on Twitter that said this. One thing you notice when you put Twitter aside for a while and spend your time in real life is that those things you thought everyone was talking about, almost no one is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true? It is true. Isn't isn't that the the trouble the politicians often run into is, you know, they think that people are concerned about, you know, issue A, B, and C, and then when when people are actually polled, they'll say, yeah, I guess that's on my list. That's number 20. But in the meantime, I'm concerned about, you know, groceries or something like right. that. And, and they, they, they say, oh, we thought you were, you know, really concerned about, you know, the salt mines in Zimbabwe. You go, nah, that's <laughs> not, not on my radar right yeah. now. I'm, I'm just trying to put food on the table. Exactly. But, but and I think that's the, the shame of a time we live in now is that it's in a way this little platform of Twitter, and, and, and you know it's big. But it seems to drive what everybody thinks everybody is concerned about and thinks everybody's talking about, and they're not. You know, not to mention that 
you know, you never treat your friends to their face the way that people treat each other on social media. Mm-hmm. And doesn't social media pretty much allow you to sort of figure out what you want to listen to and get rid of whatever you don't want to hear? Yes, I think it, it allows that confirmation bias, but it also isn't it isn't it kind of like throwing insults at the you know the the kid in the school uh, playground behind your dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of hiding behind your dad, going, and you're a big jerk. You know? Right. <laughs> Well, come out from behind your father and say that. No, no, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> it's it, it's how did we get to feel so safe in a place like that? Mm-hmm. It's so silly. It's so silly. And then what I miss, and I think this is one of the horrible things that happened during the pandemic, and that's what made that social media so much worse, is face-to-face, we're so darn nice to each other, and it's so pleasant and so fun. Uh, why don't we want? Why do we? Why don't we desire more of that? Mm. It's, it seems like we just want to kind of hide in our little, you know, homes and uh, and yell insults at people. It's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what are the yeah. most uh, pervasive words in congressional transcripts? Uh, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have asked you that. It's, I'm confused. It's, no, it's the word crosstalk. It's what stenographers write when everyone is talking and they don't know what to type. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been, you know, uh, yeah, crosstalk. So they have no idea what's going on. Well, they, there are so many people talking at once that the stenographer doesn't know what to type. So they just type in crosstalk. And it seems to me that's a pretty nice way to get out of doing your job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we hired you. We heard you were you could you could type on 175 words a minute, and all you did was type the word "crosstalk" <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, well, I'm very good at typing that word. Yeah, but we're not listening very well anymore. And I don't know when you were a kid, did you ever have a, a parent or a coach say to you something like, "Patrick, you need to listen up here." <laughs> you remember that? You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a family of eight, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So maybe maybe yeah. maybe growing up listening was associated with you know rules or criticism or something, um, or listening sort of has evolved into some kind of unpleasant association. But really, what we do in real life communication with real people we love is we listen to them. It, it, you know, it's funny how some of the things have changed because when you know, and we're doing the nostalgia thing again, I know. But, uh, you know, you were taught that when you listen, you learn. You know, when you speak, you repeat what you already know. When you listen, you learn. And I think we become afraid to hear an opinion these days that might contradict with what we've chosen to be true for us, you know, our truth or what we, you know, what we want to believe. And and so we just make a lot of noise so as to not hear something I mean, we run into it all the time with with the Bible. People, I mean, they let you know, I don't even want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about it. And you say, well, why don't you want to hear about it? Because you're afraid you're going to hear something that just might challenge your current beliefs, and it could uproot your life or the direction you're going. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Patrick, do you ever notice that you might listen a little more carefully to a stranger than to someone who's, like, close to you? Oh, yes. 
I mean, you you are generally, um, you know, kind of you stay curious without someone that you don't know very well, and that takes some kind of effort. Uh, but when it comes to people that you know well, you have a tendency of sometimes just drifting drifting away because you you figure out, well, I know I know where they're going with this, so I don't have to listen. Yeah, or if you're opinion shopping. Right, right. Yeah, if you say, I'm just trying to find one person out of the last 42 that I've spoken to that thinks thinks this idea of mine is genius. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, my sister, sadly, made some of the same mistakes over and over again for years because she would just keep shopping for opinions. And at at one point, she didn't want to talk to some members of the family because she said, you guys are just going to poo-poo the idea. And so I, I don't want to hear that. Well, you know, and we've we've that's water under the bridge now. And you know, it was hard for her to say you guys were right about some of those things. And nobody was trying to be mean; they were just trying to. But but I get it. You don't want to hear, you know, yeah. uh, that, that that full face tattoo is maybe not the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> but you know, if you watch TV or whatever you see on, you know, maybe the, your news program that you watch, it, sometimes it doesn't have a lot of um, kind of thoughtful discussions that are sort of pleasant back and forth. Always seems to be kind of tense matches of kind of raising your voice and everyone's trying to get in the last word. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's funny. Go way back, you know, the political shows, uh, where they're like firing line and uh, a few of these things where you can kind of tell the, these guys are on opposite sides of the aisle, but they're friendly with each other. And they would just, uh, was it William F. Buckley? Yep. Who very calmly would state his, his position on something, and then the person on the other side would calmly state their position. And then somewhere, I don't know when it happened, I remember trying to tune into the, remember the old show Hannity and Combs? Yeah. And they just yelled at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it seemed like all of cable news w- went this route of let's just get people on here yelling at each other. Yeah. And people will find it very entertaining. Oh, and I, thought, I, I don't find it. It wasn't. Yeah. And not only was it not entertaining, it wasn't informative. Yeah. So my my question is, and I want to say this to everyone who's uh, tuning in today to the show and listening to Patrick and I chat is I would love to know what the topic was of the last conversation you had with somebody that you considered was meaningful, whether it would have been on uh, politics or religion or faith or w- your kids or grandkids. I'm just curious, what was the last topic of conversation you had? Patrick and I are really curious to see what it was. You can yeah. text me that word or that phrase, whatever it is, to 877-933-2484. And then, you know, Patrick and I will talk about what you were talking about. We'll see see how good we do. We'll we'll weigh in on it. (laughs) We will weigh in. We'll interject our opinion on whatever it is. 877-933-2484. What was the last topic you talked about with a friend? We'll be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. So glad to be back with my friend Patrick Albanese. We are uh, getting our Monday started with uh, the topic of what 
has been on your mind? What has been the topic of your conversations with your friends? And the first one that came in was from Ron. He said it was about iron sharpening iron. That's right out of Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. As iron sharpens iron, so one man another. That's a great topic to be talking about. Well, that's stuff we should be talking about all the time, isn't it? <laughs> well, Instead, I think we we, we kind of delve into Iron Man sharpens Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about superheroes again. Yeah. No, that's a great topic, and it really it helps people. Uh, be better. I think, you know, when, when men uh, get together with other men, they make each other better. And that's a great concept. Iron sharpening iron, one man another. The other one is uh, dinner for tonight. Meatloaf and fancy baked pota- potatoes. Boy, does that sound good? I had meatloaf for lunch. It was delicious. Yeah. But you, did yeah. you have fancy potatoes? I don't think so. I did not bring fancy potatoes with me, no. No. no I do like those scalloped potatoes, which must be terrible for you with the cheese. Uh, sauce. The creamy cheese? Like the cream, yeah, yeah. The they're a little crispy on top, maybe. I, I don't know how the eight children in my family made it out of childhood, the way my mom <laughs> prepared food with, you know, just a tub of Crisco, that, that grease a day, you know, I think it was in everything we ate. Yeah. Was, yeah, I think she put a scoop in our milk for all I know. <laughs> Good for you. Here, here's another um, topic of conversation from a listener recently. Me and my husband were talking on Saturday about finding a church for us to go to. My background is Baptist, and his background is Lutheran, and I would like to go to a solid preaching church no matter what denomination, a church that preaches salvation messages. That is a fantastic conversation. It's a tough conversation uh, because you you want to be able to check places out. You want to be able to... You have an open mind, but a skeptical eye, mm-hmm. because it seems you know so many churches these days. You want to be careful if they're not just tainting the gospel a little bit. It's 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 one of the things I love about my church. You know, their philosophy is, well, we'll just consult this book over here that we have. Yeah, that one. You know, the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the answers should be right in here. Yeah, and if, they, and if they're not in here, they're probably not of God. Right, I love that. <laughs> All right, here's another topic. I was invited to a party for a woman who has pancreatic cancer. Could be the last time I yeah. see her. Any advice from listeners? That's a... No, I sent that to you. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that was actually, and it, it, I just got the invite. Oh, okay. I, I just found out, and and I, I know that the prognosis isn't good, and it's her 60th birthday coming up, and somebody decided to throw a birthday party for her, and of course, I, I want to go. But it's just one of those... What a what a tough thing! I got, it's a party to go to, and uh, I'm not sure how to. I'm, I'm not going to not go, but how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. You know, you're so, talking to somebody, and you say, "This may be the last time I see you." Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah. would be a good question. If if uh, any listener has some counsel for Patrick, uh, please yeah. let us know what it is. Eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. I would imagine this is something uh, we're all going to be in at some point, where we're going to have that last time together with someone that we know and love. Um, so that's going to be uh, something that's going to be for all of us. All right, yeah, here's another I one mean, that came in. Yeah. Okay. Discussed how to respond in love, but speaking the truth when someone asks, what are your preferred pronouns? <sighs> that's a good... Uh, what are yours? I mean, my... I mean, yeah, <laughs> that sounds rather selfish, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I, I here's been my response till now, and, and and nobody seems to complain. I I say 
you know, if they ask for the pronouns, I just say Patrick. Mm. I just I go by my name. Yeah. I just go by my name. And I, I don't know if that's, you know, it, it isn't like that's, that's, that's so tough. You know, I don't want to say that I'm, you know, I, I don't want to make anybody feel welcome, but I, I've never fully understood doing that because I've always thought that, you know, if somebody has a preference for something, they'll state it. But otherwise, I'll give you an example. I, many moons ago, and I'm holding my hands in the air, making, you know, wax on, wax off like karate kid. Many moons ago, you know, <laughs> I, I was actually pretty fluent in Japanese. I, I've, I've, of course, forgotten it. But uh, one of the beautiful things about their language is uh, there's very little use of pronouns in a sentence. They might just say, uh, to the store, go. And from the context of the conversation, you would infer whether they're talking about themselves or talking about you or maybe even somebody else or everybody. And the language works. And I thought, well, in any given situation, if you see somebody who doesn't state uh, uh, something different from the norm, isn't it safe to just assume that, you know, Bill's pronouns would be he, him, and his? Mm-hmm. Is that is that a, is that a safe bet? And is it is it is it bad form to operate under under that concept? You know, and if somebody says, well, actually, my pronouns are different, and I, I prefer you call me this, people are accommodating, and they could say. Okay, you know, I, I don't know. I you know, I, I mean, I I take for granted when somebody tells me that their name is you know Philbert that their name is probably Philbert that they didn't just make it up or they would like to be called Philbert mm-hmm. and, I'm a, and I'll call them to see if you want to be called Philbert I will call you Philbert right I don't know if that's a real name by the way <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it is either all right yeah. Patrick I have some advice for you from Joyce she said. Okay. Um, Advice for Patrick on the party. My husband died five and a half years ago of pancreatic cancer, and we all had a wonderful last weekend together with family. Say the things that you need to say and remember all the good times together, and don't be afraid to tell them how much you love them. Oh, yeah, that's such good advice. I can't get much better than that. I could have forgiven. You know, here's the thing: the older I get, the more I realize how much I have to learn. But what do I know? That's so true. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's isn't it funny how the simplest, you know? I mean, you know, Grandma said uh, just you know eat you know three square meals a day, and uh, she used words like fibberty gibbet. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And we did too. And uh, Grandma's advice is always right, and that's probably something Grandma would have said. Not to call Joyce Grandma. It's just that she's obviously picked up the knowledge of the generations before us that somehow or another managed to navigate through life. You ever wonder about that, by the way? Mm-hmm. That here we are. We, we, we live now in a time where people that live now say, okay, everybody that came before us got it wrong. We are the smartest generation that has ever lived. And I think – in 50 years, people are going to be laughing at you <laughs> for saying that. But every generation has done that. Yeah. We think, we think all time begins today. This is, this is when we finally got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. No, we don't. No. Well, it's um, the simplest messages are usually the most heartfelt ones. And I think of Jesus when Lazarus died and he uh, stepped into Mary and Martha's and, and the other mourners pain and he cried with them and it said jesus wept john eleven thirty five, and i thought 
what can I learn from that? And I thought, well, I'll tell you what I can learn. He was okay with stepping into people's uh, discomfort and people's pain. And he knew how to lament and he was not afraid to show tears. And I sometimes ask myself, well, what can I learn from that? And I think, well, try to do the same. Be willing to step into someone's discomfort. If you're going to, you know, a gathering of someone who has pancreatic cancer and you're probably not going to see that person again, I had to hate to say it, Patrick, but that's kind of uncomfortable. It it is uncomfortable. But the thing that's really I like with, with, with the Jesus Wept story is, of course, you know, in the back of his head, he kind of knows he can do a little something about this. Right. He's, he's sharing their pain. And, 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 and it always seemed to be the case with Jesus. It was never about Jesus. It's like, here's, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to share your pain with you. You're in, you're in pain. Yeah. You're in pain. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I weep with you. Uh, that's, that's hard to do. You know, I remember the day I figured out that my father was dying, you know, um, we were young kids, but uh, mom and dad had kind of told us dad just had some health issues. And then there was the day I figured it out. It's seared in my memory. And my mom and I just weeping together on the stairs at the bottom of the stairs. Mm-hmm. She knew that I knew. Yeah. Oh boy. And it, but it's a moment that, you know, we're going back almost 50 years. Uh, but I can call up every detail of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, to to think that Jesus will often share those moments, will always share those moments of pain with us, so yeah. that we're not alone going through them, yeah, is somewhat freeing. Yeah, a friend of mine who's a pastor, he said, you know, a long time ago, I used to think I could show up and have the words to say, and I would be able to say the things that would comfort people. And he goes, now as I've gotten older, my new motto is to show up and shut up. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's um, uh, raising a, a couple of kids, and my daughter's about thirteen. She's kind of transitioning from the actually phase to the literally phase. <laughs> 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 and I, I think back to uh, you know, and I realize that the next phase is the rolling her eyes phase. <laughs> <laughs> But I think back to, to when I was young and, you know, you're a teenager and you think you know a lot, you know so much. And the more you talked, the less you learned. Yeah. And then you get older and the less you speak, the more you learn and the more you relate to people. And I, I, I say to myself, oh, if I could just travel back in time along with those winning lottery numbers and, <laughs> and, and the Starbucks stock tip. Right, right. And by the way, maybe just don't talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, Patrick, I must say I enjoy talking to you, but I'm I'm really thinking about meatloaf and fancy baked potatoes right now. So that's all yep. the time we have. All right. Well, always a pleasure. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Yeah. Patrick Albanese has been my opening guest today just to get things started on a little bit lighter note. Now it's uh, time to turn our attention to the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, also known as PDM, and Rosie B. We're going to gather and talk about forgiveness and fasting. That's all next.
love Mondays. It's time for the Monday afternoon mix with a man that goes by David Miles, who's sitting across from me, and Rosie B. We make the Monday afternoon mix. Yes. Monday afternoon mix. Let's mix, keep mix, that sax mix, going. Mix. Yeah, that sax is really cool. Yeah, let's keep I it going. Know. I feel I like know. it needs to be there just for a little bit. Yeah, just yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Soft you know? tones. Yeah. Need a little jazz. Yeah, you know? something to ease in. I think Kevin's going to have some jazz. Oh, it better. Wow. Well, I mean, like, seriously, like, oh, well, when the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, they play that big band? Yes. Yeah. It's all so, good. It's all good. It's Thank all you. good. David, nice to have you here. Hey, good to be here, yeah. Bill. Good to I, see you, I Rosie. Love, Rosie B. I love, David. love studying the word. Yes. We've been, we've been in the Lord's Prayer for a while. We're going to sort of wrap up a little bit today, forgiveness, and then go into fasting. This will be great. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we've been in prayer for a while because mm-hmm. prayer is definitely needed. And, you know, prayer is something that's just a huge part of life. And, you know, I find myself regularly kind of in prayer, um, you know, for my own family, for kids, for other pastors, for our church at New Hope Church over in New Hope. That's why it's called New Hope Church. Also because it gives new hope, because Christ gives new hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then just regular things that are going on in our, you know, our world. And as I'm shepherding, walking people through, you know, thinking of Amir Locke and his passing as a, as a Second Amendment person and just sad by that. It, it kind of, it's getting old um, and don't want it to become commonplace, but it's been a commonplace thing for a couple of centuries. So... So we need prayer. I mm-hmm. mean, like, we need prayer. We need to be reminded to come to the Lord with thanksgiving, to come to him with confession, to come with him with supplication, to come with him with need. And, you know, a big part is that when we talk about forgiveness, we're really just, we're dealing with the places uh, where, we, where we fall short and our need of forgiveness. And the reality is all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and God is holy. And so so I love when William A. Ward said this. He said, forgiveness is a funny thing. It warms the heart and cools the sting. Mm, I like that. I like that, too. Does that go with jazz? Oh, it sounds like it would go with jazz. Yeah. Yeah, it could. You know? Yeah. You could say that again, and I could put a little jazz bed in there if you okay. want. Okay. William Ward. William, wait, 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 no, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Well, you got to get the jazz bed oh. in there if we want it to be real. Real. Okay, go ahead, David. William A. Ward noted, forgiveness is a funny thing. It warms the heart and cools the sting. (laughs) Stop taking calls. We've got a winner. (laughs) That was good, David Miles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn that in pastor school? Uh, Speak with a dramatic voice? You know, know, really crazy, uh, really wild thing. Uh, a, A dear person that maybe a number of people know, Dr. David Larson. I was a neat Midwestern pastor, and he had taught at Trinity. And I remember him sharing one time about speaking, you know, uh, in a voice, just that, you know, a real voice, like be yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But God's word deserves honor. And he, he noted that, like Erwin uh, Lutzer, that when he first was preaching, he said, you know, his voice was a little. And he goes, then you'd hear Erwin Lutzer today and just you know, uh, speaking on the authority of God's word because God's word is authoritative. So, hmm. but there's a lot of wonderful people who who speak, you know. Well, and I think just even to your point about prayer, about the world needing so much prayer right now, uh, we were talking to a coworker earlier today about the Olympics and you know, we were just discussing how, what can we do with the political unrest and everything that's going on and, you know, all of the world the world stage right now. And we both decided 
you know, kind of at the same time that we can pray and we can pray in the authority that God has given us in his name, bringing down those strongholds of deception and persecution and, you know, from the world stage to the Minneapolis stage, right? And, and to the home stage that if his church were praying in the authority that he gave us, mm-hmm. perhaps these things would clear not only just praying in authority, but moving when God asks you to step forward and up. Yeah, and Rosie, that's a great point, too, because it's, you know, we, we can slide to uh, one of two ex- extremes. Oftentimes, our extreme is to not pray, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can sometimes hear people where, where they're talking and they're like, well, I guess we should just pray. So, like, just talk to the Lord God Almighty of the universe who makes himself accessible to hear us and makes it possible through the shed blood of Jesus Christ to enter into his throne room, climb up in daddy's lap, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and share our hearts. You know, so so it's not just pray. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get to pray. Now, the other part can be that we slide to the part where it's like we pray and we don't act. Mm-hmm. And like the Lord is like, I want you to pray and I want you to do like Jesus did. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, he prays, he says, amen, and he walks to Gethsemane, which is an important note, too, that sometimes and many times following the Lord means going into places that, you know, aren't the greatest, that need prayer, that need mm-hmm. the presence and the aroma and the light of Christ. So it's not always just going to be, you know, cupcakes and, you know, marshmallows, but God is in us. And so sometimes it's like God is like, I want you to pray and act. So being that we're on forgiveness, perfect. I love, I love um, Rosie B because she's like so full of like just (laughs) super dope and just super wild wisdom. I'm shaking my head for the you radio no. for the radio land who can't see me. I'm telling the truth and shaking. And I'm shaking my head that you said she's full of super dope. So I'm, I'm <laughs> no, thinking, she's, yeah, she's here, not here, full of super. Here are dope. all the sensors okay. coming in. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. It's like that old, you know, '80s. You know, okay, that when bad was good and good's bad. That's yeah, true. Forget it. Okay. okay, but here's the thing. Uh, he going back to Matthew chapter five. If you're offering your gift on the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Okay? So this person's at the altar, mm-hmm. at the altar, prayer, in the temple, and they are praying. They are actually presenting their offering, their 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 sacrifice. And, and God's like, listen, while you're praying, God brings something to mind. And a couple things that God is doing here— you know, how do we cooperate with God in making amends? Number one, we remember the broken relationship. Okay. The verb here for remember is in the passive. It shows that God is the one who brings to mind the individual. You have a broken relationship. Yes. That person right now, I know you're wanting to look off at the trees to the left. That person that just came to your mind right now as you're driving, that person, God is wanting, he's helping you to remember the broken relationship. Number two, we make it a priority. Take immediate steps to go to the person because these verbs are are in the imperative. It's like go, you know, go there and, and leave the gift, leave like, hey, you leave your gift, leave your religious thing that you're doing right in the middle of it. And then it says, 
we take the initiative to make reconciliation. Reconciliation. The, the passage here says, first go, first go, first is before second. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. And notice that the Bible here doesn't say, wait until your brother comes to you. The stars and planets are in alignment and they are groveling at your feet. But it says, first go and be reconciled. And the last thing to help cooperate with God in this is resolve issues quickly before they escalate. The, the, the passage goes on, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him or her on the way, or he may, note how this escalates, hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid the last uh, penny. So notice the escalation. And sometimes we wait until the house is 80 to 90% on fire. Mm. And God is like, no, while, while, while there's a wisp of smoke and while there's just a little bit of kindling, God is like, let's deal with this. So, I mean, guys, think about it. Mm-hmm. In, in our own relationships, how many of the, the things, even dealing with forgiveness, they turned into more because we, we, we like we talked last week, we nursed the hurt, mm-hmm. but we also sat there and stoked that fire. Right. And just let it go. Well, and don't you think sometimes, David, time can be that stoking of the fire. It's so much more difficult to go back after time has passed Mm -hmm. and maybe there's this just comfortable politeness between you and somebody else. And that's where it's dissolved to because that real relationship is stuck still back in an instance that time has buried. And so to go back, to pick up that phone, to knock on their door and to say, Hey, four years ago, we had this conversation and this hurt, or I need forgiveness or whatever it may be. I think sometimes we become comfortable with relationships not being as fruitful as they could mm-hmm. because they are polite now. And and so we we almost miss or we, we haven't grieved the loss. And so I can see the wisdom of go immediately. Right. Don't let it get buried under time when then it almost becomes more difficult to, to bring back up. Right. And, you know, there, there is a wisdom in being mindful mm-hmm. that there's a right season. I, I love how my oldest son, DJ, he, he, I was with him in Eau Claire at a wrestling thing for St. John's this past weekend. You know, we were laughing about some things because he said, you know, I'd watch my siblings and they would come to you not at the right time. He goes, I would come to you sometimes and be like, okay, this is not the time to talk to mom and dad. We'll give it a moment. And I'd watch Jackson, Taylor, Jane just go, and I'm just like, you guys. So, so sometimes, but, but there's, there's this inclination sometimes to let things just kind of go, and we sit on it. And guys, as a pastor, I, I cannot tell you how many conversations that I have had and even currently are having with people where like literally years have passed by. And when they finally sit down and have a conversation, they're like, wow, that was a misunderstanding. Mm. And it's like, I'm sorry. And it's cool when you see that, but it's like when, when years and decades of a misunderstanding uh, has, has done that, um, that's, you know, that, that's, 
That's huge. I mean, like I said to my own brother one time, like we had an issue and I just said, you know, I said, is there an issue? He said, no. I said, listen, if you hate me, that's fine. Tell me. Like, if you think I'm the biggest jerk, fine. Let's, let's, let's keep it real. Like be that. And it's like, I would rather know, you know, Mm -hmm. than sitting there and guessing. And sometimes we would like to guess. And instead of, you know, me talking to Bill about the issue, I go talk to Rosie Mm-hmm. And then Bill walks in. I'm like, hey, Bill, how you doing, buddy? You're like, anything going on, Dave? No, no, just, you know, Neapolitan ice cream, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. It's all good. Mm-hmm. And then leave. And then it's like, oh, Rosie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not helpful. Now, do you want to know a helpful thing on that? Give it to us. Okay. When someone comes to you and they share something, first thing is, like me talking to Rosie, first thing she say, hey, PDM, have you talked to Bill? And sometimes you'll hear no. Okay, so when do you plan to talk to him? And you may hear, well, I don't really think it's that big of an issue. To which you can respond and say, it was big enough of an issue for you to bring it up to me. So will you be talking to him at the end of this week? And you'll notice it gets quiet and uncomfortable because it's dealing with personal responsibility. And this is a helpful part of listening. Rosie could say, you know, Dave, If you are wanting to bounce things off of me to use wisdom when you do respond to Bill, that's one thing. But if you're asking me to be your British petroleum where you can add a match to a bunch of gasoline, I can't do that. Good counsel. I think what you were describing, David, was what they call triangulating, where uh, instead of coming to me, you went to Rosie to complain about me or to try to vent yeah, you know, you've heard that before, mm-hmm. but you're avoiding me. Yes. And sometimes if you have a clarifying conversation, we go just to clarify, are you mad at me that, um, that I borrowed your car and left six Burger King bags in the backseat? And you go, no, that's not at all why I'm mad. Right. But that's why I think you're mad. Right. So if you have those clarifying conversations, you, you, you may not spend a decade misunderstanding. Yeah. And, and if we approach... Things, and Tammy's really good about this, and she'll remind the kids and me, it's not only what you say, but how you say it. But even if we do a Galatians um, 6.1, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of absolute rudeness. No, it says a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted Bear one another's burdens. That means, like, understand each other's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, like, one thing that's helpful, like, is to go to Bill and say, hey, hey, Bill, um, you know what? I may or may have this wrong, um, you know, but is there something that I've done? So that way you're not pushing someone into a corner and saying, Bill, I know what mm-hmm. you're thinking, mm-hmm. you know. And we, we don't like to be pushed in a corner, so... With a spirit of gentleness and grace, give that to other people as well. Yeah, very nice. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B., we're the Monday afternoon mix. Next up, we're going to continue our discussion on forgiveness and maybe get to fasting.
We're back with the Monday afternoon mix. You guys <clears throat> like big announcements, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Did you know, 73 years ago today, Faith Radio went on the air? I did know this. We, we uh, had bagels in the I know. in the uh, in the break room for this. Yes, we did. Yeah. We celebrated with bagels in the break room. Really? Seventy three yes. years ago today, Faith Radio had their first broadcast. Billy Graham opened with prayer mm-hmm. to the students who sacrificially gave out of their they just worked side jobs and everything to buy the first equipment to put up their first tower. The students of what was then called the Northwestern Bible School sacrificially gave, and they were the very first um, people, and that's how our whole platform has continued for 73 years, that the the funds come from those who listen. All to say, what wow. an amazing testimony to the faithfulness of the listeners over 73 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And that beautiful thing of how a little, yeah. what, how, like, God's true, like a very little, little mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Broke just, students. Yeah, broke, broke students. I think it was a dollar a month or something like that. There was a figure that I, I thought, oh, college students never have any money. Can you imagine college students of that era? Mm-hmm. You know, right after the war? Crazy. 1949, I believe, right? Would that be right? The number's correct? Something like that. Uh, I think you're right. 49. I'll go with that. Yeah, it works for me. Because <laughs> it's 2022. 73 years, do the yes. math. Yeah, there or we go. One, 73. I, I love 49. Ja- I love Jaden at 11. That dude, seriously, you'll throw stuff at him and he'll just be like, boom, daddy, yeah, that number. And I'm like, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> yeah, sweet. So, well, we were, you know, we were talking just a minute ago, even about the whole issue of how do we cooperate with God in making amends? Because we're talking about this whole issue of forgiveness and the need. Um, you know, one thing is, Make a list of those you've harmed and what you did. Uh, as a side note, we wrestle with that, but we're really good at making lists of other people and what they did to us. Like, you can you can rattle that bad boy off, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, my children and myself shall remain nameless in this, maybe just not me. But it, it was interesting when, when kids maybe would have a disagreement and they would talk about what they did, and I remember something that would kind of frustrate the kids was asking them, so what did you do? Yeah, but so-and-so, no, no, great, but what did you do? What? Other, but what did, and it got quiet, and the list was shorter, and it was subjunctive tenses, kind of like, I kind of hit them, and you saw that, <laughs> and you're like, that wasn't a kind of hit you, you know, that was a full-out pillow just bashing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I sort of, and it's that part of us that we, we want to kind of protect ourselves or we want to minimize um, that. And it comes even from the garden. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, what have you done? The woman you gave me. Okay, but the serpent. And so so make a list of those you've harmed uh, and what you did. Think about, and we said this before the break, think about how you'd like someone to make amends to you. Golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto them. Timing. There's a time to let things happen, and there's a time to make things happen. An attitude. How would you like someone to apologize to you? Privately? With humility? Without expectations? 
And restitution, if you barred something, return it. If you owe somebody some money, pay it back. Because making restitution actually gives you freedom mm-hmm. and confidence. Because he was at the altar and God brought it to mind. Sometimes it really is about our freedom that God's wanting us. You remember the Apostle Paul, he said to Timothy, I seek to live with a clear conscience before God and man. And there's something beautiful about that. There, there really is. And then probably the last thing is, after making a list, thinking how someone will make amends to you, refocus your life. Today can be a new day. Yes, right today. Mm-hmm. Today, right now. You can refocus your life on doing God's will in your relationships. Notice not your will. Because praise God that God didn't do our will and our relationship with him that he did his will in his relationship with us. Mm, that's so powerful. Solid, David. Solid, solid. Once again. Word of God. Yeah. I'm looking at that's the clock it. thinking, I don't know how much time we have to talk about fasting, especially because earlier where I was talking about meatloaf and special stuffed potatoes. <laughs> oh. So it's tough to think about fasting. Well, you know, I heard an interesting fast thing this past weekend from uh, Dr. Charlie Dates, who I went to Trinity with at Progressive Baptist. And uh, he was in my evangelism discipleship group and just a neat, godly man. Uh, But their church was actually doing a financial spending fast. Mm -hmm. They'd already did a a food fast. Mm -hmm. But they were saying, like, for the next 21 days, really, to not buy anything that you truly don't need. Wow. For and how many days? 21 days. 21? Hmm. That's an yeah. interesting challenge. And say, and, and, and he even said, like, that's going to be harder than food. That one's going to be harder than food. Because it's, we are, listen, to give a little grace, we are so well marketed to. Yeah. Like Tammy's folks owned a super value grocery store uh, in Cullum, North Dakota. And super value would do all these, they'd come in and they'd set up, you know, the product, there's a reason why like red is used and why stuff is always at a kid's level and why things, why there's 48 checkouts and only three of them are open. Cause when we, <laughs> cause when we fidget, what happens? You start looking around mm-hmm. and there's all these wonderful high price point items and that sugar and all that stuff gets us. So that's seriously going to be a hard fast to not spend unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So, David, Rosie, maybe we cover fasting next time we meet on the Monday afternoon mix because I think it's an important topic. Yeah. And I don't know if we can cover it well. I know we can't in a couple of minutes. So I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive and get ready for that talk on fasting because Jesus made it very clear fasting was something that, you know, when you fast, not if you fast, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's so many areas of fasting. Yeah, there is. Right. I mean, technology fast is hard. Food fast is hard because we cover up our kind of ornery attitudes, mm-hmm. you know, with the little yummy lefse mm-hmm. with butter and brown sugar on it, or just some really wonderful German hardtack, actually <laughs> Swedish hardtack, but German. Um, oh, goodness, there's all sorts of stuff. There mm-hmm. is. 
I remember when I found out my fast when I was home with the kids, my fast when I would go shopping was to get a fun foo-foo-y drink from Starbucks. And when I gave that drink up and for um, a period of time, I realized how much it had become such a part of my celebration of having a little private time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy how much I wanted that as a re- little reward that I, you know, God just gave me new eyes to it. And I would have never thought that that was an idol by any yeah. means. And that whole thing of getting us into habits and patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Duggett wrote the book, The Power of Habit. And it's fascinating because it does a study even of our, our very own local target. And so just how you have cue, mechanical action, reward. So like those French fries from McDonald's, like when you see the golden archers, that triggers you. Mm-hmm. So... And let God trigger you for good, because taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. 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 Thank you, Monday Afternoon Mix. Coming up next, Ken Samples, theologian, philosopher. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We're going to talk about the mind. That's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.